Wow, I just know it's going to be an amazing day today. You know why I know this? Because, uh, I mean, it's coincidental, I'm sure. We had a power surge. We don't have any lights. We, one of our computers is fried. Uh, our emergency panel out there is beeping at us. We just got all kinds of issues this morning. But, you know, I was standing in the back, and, and in light of all of those things that are going on, you guys are here to worship Jesus. And... I just feel like that is probably so indicative of the times that we live in, that there's a lot of distractions, there's a lot of challenges that are out there, but you know, you just keep saying what's important, my, my relationship with Jesus and my worship of him. And uh, so I'm encouraged, I'm encouraged. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Hebrews. Today, we're gonna be continuing on the series of the kingdom of God, and I, and I just want to encourage you, if you're new to Grace Capital Church, um, you've never been here before, I just would want you to be have a heart that's ready to receive something from God. We believe that his presence is here with us. Also, if you've been here for a long time, you know that's kind of the, the routine. And so if you have something to take notes with or something that you can just kind of say, Hey, I'm, I'm anticipating that God is going to speak to me individually. Can you just say that right now? God's going to speak to me. God's going to speak to me. He is. He's going to speak to you. And I know some of you are like, I don't hear God. How do I know that's him? Is it just my mind making something up? There's going to be something that all of a sudden just catches you. And it's like, okay, I'm going to be able to um, listen to that and hear that and write it down or something. You're like, that's interesting. So, so today we're on, continuing on the kingdom of God, and I've just been wrestling through this idea a little bit. I've been reading through the scripture a little bit differently than I have before, and, and, and with this premise is, can the kingdom of God be lived here and now? And, and I believe that Jesus prayed his prayer, right? He told us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus knew that his kingdom was to be established on, on earth, but sometimes we, we don't really know what that looks like or what that means. And so Jesus spent a lot of time giving us parables. And, and then if we start to read scripture with this understanding that just wait a second, there's something to be lived differently than what we're already living that the world systems have, that maybe there's something more for us than what we have tapped into yet. And that's been fascinating to me. And so as I started reading the scripture and started looking at the possibility of saying, wait a second, is there something more to be lived in here? What does that look like? And then I spent some time just thinking about people that I know and situations. And I, I thought of, you know, I'm not going to say names because they wouldn't mean anything to you, but just I know a single person who lives alone, but, but their pride keeps them from living um, a full life. They have plenty of money, but they can't spend money because of their pride tells them their sufficiency is in what they have, or they're so determined to never hire anything because they're so self-deficient. I'm thinking about um, f- these families that are feuding over money and, and the lack of peace that they have and, and this lack of just contentment in life. I'm thinking about a business person that has is just living for that next sale, that living for that next promotion and, and realizing that they're just living exhausted lives. I've been thinking about a marriage 
that is faced with stubbornness and, and pride again. And so you're, there's selfishness, there's pride, there's stubbornness. And, and I'm looking at those lives and I'm realizing that what is missing from them, we, we use the word peace or joy, but I would also like to use the word rest. There's something that, that's going on in their life that, that doesn't allow them to experience rest. And it's interesting, in, in Hebrews, the scripture talks about this rest. And, and I often thought of, okay, rest again, reading through the scripture. Maybe he's talking about on the Sabbath, right? This is our Sabbath, our, our Sundays as a day of rest. And I know for many of you who've worked a long week, I don't know how restful this feels for you. It's restful coming and worshiping God, but it's just like, Life gets so busy, it just feels like, wow, it's just one more thing. But what if rest was, was a, a state that we're in, that we're just in a state of rest and not just waiting for a moment in time where we can sit down, put our feet up and rest. You know, we're, we're called human um, beings, not human doings. And in our culture, we, we are very comfortable doing and we've been trained to do doers, right? Because it's actually, we, we're productive if we're doing something, we're making company money, we're making widgets, we're being effective, efficient in producing something. But the reality is we're human beings. And maybe if we focused more on being and maybe a, le- a little bit less doing, we can find that actually we can enter into this um, place of rest, this place of rest. In Hebrews chapter 4, I'm going to read this uh, for us. Hebrews chapter 4. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands. Entering his rest. Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. So there's something about a goal that he wants us to reach. This rest that he wants us to, to reach. And there's a fear that we might not find it. For good news came to us just as, it, as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not uni, uh, united by faith with those who listened. So again, this, this idea that we need to be in community, that we need to be together, and this is part of it. And I would encourage you guys also for life groups when we get together for those. I, I think that's going to be one of our action steps here from this message the importance of of being in community with each other. For we who have believed enter that rest, as I said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, Jesus, that is, for he has somewhere spoken on the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all of his works. And again, In this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience. It's interesting. He's saying there's some who enter it, and then there's some who don't enter it because of their disobedience. Again, he appoints a certain day. Today, saying through David along, so he's talking about King David, um, if you know the scripture, Old Testament, King David, so long afterwards in his words already quoted, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Then he goes on to talk about Joshua. 
Moses and Joshua. The, the thing I would been thinking about too about the Old Testament, and I would encourage you guys to be reading the Bible. Sometimes I know it seems hard to understand what it is, but the Old Testament is really a foreshadow uh, in the natural to what is to be lived in the spiritual. So remember the children of Israel when they were in slavery in many ways that is us today. We're in slavery in a culture that wants to, and we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy as Angelica shared with us this morning. By the way, Angelica, your English is fine. For those, yes, it's fine, Angelica. I know you're self-conscious about it, but we know exactly what you're saying and it comes out super clear. But, but this, this idea that this ongoing treadmill of toil, and God was saying, I want to free you from the slavery of Egypt, and I want to give you a land, a place that, where my provision, my bounty rests, and you will enter into my rest. But it was actually in their disobedience that they wandered the desert for 40 years, and they couldn't experience the rest that they were looking for. Even when they had to go into the promised land, they had to conquer the enemy. And, and so much of the enemy today is the enemy within. We, we have a lot of enemies within that, that have either from our past hurts, hangups, or, or habits, the enemies that want to steal from us. And we know that we have a, an enemy, but he puts bondages and chains around us. And then we have to come face to face. And that's what, when we talk about pride, when we talk about arrogance, when we talk about our, uh, our selfish ambition, when we talk about unforgiveness, those become chains that actually hold us and rob us of rest. And here he is, he's saying, I want you to enter into rest. And he says, remember last week we talked about, you know, the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe and that, that analogy of, of entering into the wardrobe as the doorway into this new kingdom that God has established. And I, I, I love the imagery because I feel like sometimes we receive Jesus and we're still stuck in the wardrobe, not realizing there's a kingdom, a place of abundance and rest for us. And we wonder how come we can't get there? And so what we do is we settle for this idea of like, I will do my duty. I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible, but I'll live in this world and, and I won't do so many wrong things that it, that it, you know, you have your boundaries and your limits, but then you're finding that you're just exhausted and you're barely getting through life and you're like, where is my rest? And I'm just not saying rest of like, oh, I can go to sleep at night. I'm talking about like this peace, this assurance, this rest in your soul to know that all is well, all is well. So what he's saying here is he's understanding that, that this rest that we're supposed to be walking into um, gets robbed from us through, through acts of disobedience. And, and I think it's interesting when you, when you look at this other scripture um, in 1 Corinthians, if you turn with me into your Bible or if you don't have a Bible and you have a phone, you can download our Grace Capital Church app. I don't mind. You can download it now. That's fine. And, and get there under the more section, look for the Bible app and you can just put 1 Corinthians um, chapter, oh, I got to find out where, where that is. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he, he starts talking about those who won't enter the kingdom of God. 
And again, remember, if you read the kingdom of God as if it's, it's here and now and not like it's like when you depart from this physical body when we die or Jesus comes back, but this kingdom of God is to be lived here and now, it makes a little bit more sense. Here he goes on um, talking about how do we live and he says, do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral nor, nor idolaters. By uh, idolatry is anything that you put in front of your relationship with Jesus. Anything you put in front of your relationship with, with Jesus is idolatry. Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, those who cheat on um, your committed relationships, nor men who practice homosexuality. And we can probably go for a whole list of 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 acronyms, or I should say letters on that, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you understand the kingdom of God as a place of rest and not just a place to go, we understand that, that maybe, in, which I love this next line, it says, and such were some of you. And I would say, and such were some of I. I. I find myself in that list. So he's not saying Christian, not Christian, believer, unbeliever. He's saying that, that those who, who live this way, they're not going to find rest for their soul. And I guarantee you, when you are in the middle of doing those things, how many people would say, I felt at peace? I felt at peace. No, we, I guarantee you. Now, I would say people who are in the middle of those, living those lifestyles or, or those acts of doing those things might feel those momentary pleasures, right? We all have those things, those hits in our brain that those pleasure centers in our brain that we're like, oh, yes, I like that feeling at that moment. But, but when, when it all comes down, you start looking at my life. Does your life feeling better or worse when you're living that way? Where's the rest? And I think this, this a good friend of mine, actually, um, I'm, I see him in, in the congregation here. He, he's written a book and, and he calls it a portal of rest, which I never really kind of understood what a portal of rest meant, but I, I kind of, as I've been thinking about it, kind of makes sense to me that there's, there's a way that we can enter into God's rest. And that is learning to say, okay, these things, the, the kingdom of God things, I, I need to learn how to be obedient to them. And obedience is just not saying, okay, I feel good when I can do them, like, or like I'm obedient to, like I've checked the list, like I've got my do's and don'ts. But what if we actually started saying, hey, maybe God knew how he built a system, the kingdom of God system, and we're actually entering this place of rest by not doing these things and realizing these things actually are creating anxiety, depression, and this, this gnawing sense inside of us, that lack of peace. Lack of peace. Now, there's other lists in the Bible of all these uh, things that we shouldn't be doing, but he's saying, okay, so, so he was in Hebrews when it says you, you didn't walk into rest because of your disobedience, and if he's saying in our obedience we find rest, then, then let's just turn to another um, interesting scripture here in Matthew, Matthew chapter 
22, Matthew chapter 22. By the way, we enter our, our first resting place, like the, the, the doorway, I should say, or the rock or the light. Remember, Jesus is the door. Jesus is the path. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the light. We can only enter his rest. We can only enter into a place of rest only through Jesus. That's why salvation can only come through Jesus. There's no other name on this earth or in the universe, on heaven and earth, that you can enter this rest, this place of peace without Jesus. Jesus is the way. John says, unless you're born of water and spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God because it is born of water is your natural birth, but then your spiritual birth is when you've received Jesus into your life. And some of you are going into the waters of baptism next Sunday, and I'm so excited for you. Uh, it is like uh, so exciting. By the way, you, I would encourage you, if you've given your life to Jesus, have not been water baptized, it is an outward sign of an inward work. It doesn't save you, but it is a profound act of faith in your spiritual journey. And uh, we would desire to water baptize you and celebrate you next week. But so Jesus is the enter point. But so here we go. Now, Matthew chapter 22 says this. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, rustling up pages. Do I hear people can bring your Bibles? I know we're digital, but that's okay. We hear the scrolling fingers. I don't hear the scrolling fingers. Matthew chapter Oh, by the way, okay, okay, I, I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you. The whole point of this is, do you guys remember the children's game, Red Light, Green Light? Yeah. Red Light, Green Light. Okay, how it's played, in case some of you forgot, it is you line up in a straight line, and, and somebody calls out, red light, oh, sorry, green light, and you run forward, and then you have to wait for red light, then you have to stop and freeze. If you don't stop and freeze, you have to go back to the beginning. Red light, green light. And the person who actually crosses the line first, or crosses the line, um, wins. Now, here's the interesting thing about red light, green light. It actually has a lot to do with our spiritual journey towards finding rest. Now, I'll tell you why in a second. I meant to tell you that ahead of time, because I sent you an email today saying, the key for understanding rest is found, understanding the kingdom of God is red light, green light. I'll tell you in a minute. All right, now I've got you thinking, right? So, and for the, some of you who are taking notes, you're saying the key to this is red light, green light. And then you're gonna go dot, 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 and I'll tell you in a moment. But Matthew chapter 22. This is the parable of the wedding feast. This is Jesus's words. He says this, the kingdom of heaven Remember, if we, we understand the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, don't stop, Tim. You're doing such a great job. Keep, <laughs> keep going. <sighs> I didn't pray. No, like, so we have this agreement that, that if he plays until I pray, and he was just like kept going because I didn't pray. <laughs> so it was so wonderful. I just was like in my happy place, and you just keep going, keep going. Don't worry. I will get done in time. I know he feels like if he plays, then I'm not going to get to my point. I'll get to my point. I promise. Matthew 22 says, The kingdom of heaven may be compared 
So again, we have to understand the kingdom of heaven is to be here and now, not wait till you die. The kingdom of heaven is also equal to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven may be compared, parable now, meaning he's just telling you a story, may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent another servant saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen, my fatted calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another one to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treating him shamefully and killed him. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to the servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you can find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw that there was a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to his attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. So we need to unpack this just a little bit to understand the rest that God is looking for us and the place that he's calling us to. But it's important to look at that last line first for us to, to, to better understand. I think sometimes when things get translated into, this is New Testament, so translated from Greek um, into English. And again, all these Greek words get translated in different variations. But I, I think the best translation for many are called, but few are chosen is like many are called. The calling goes out, would you come? Would you come? But few respond to the call. But few respond to the call. So many are called, come on, I want, because his heart, God's heart is that none should perish. And all come to him, but, but when it says few are chosen, it's meaning few have responded to the call. But let's go back up here a little bit further. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast. So Jesus, when he's calling you into a relationship, remember Jesus is the door. He's the rock. He's the light. He's the wardrobe. He's the entry place into the kingdom. He's calling you into this place of rest here and now today. Because, and he's, and he's set out this feast for you and me. Remember, if you were to look at Old Testament as well, when he brought them into the promised land, it was filled with milk and honey and just massive grapes and beautiful bounty. He's, he's preparing this place where you're fully satisfied and you have great joy. Like a wedding feast is like a joyous time. And he's calling, but none would come. But why wouldn't they not come? Because they were, they were doing some things like I just shared ahead of time, some stories of people I'm thinking about of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm busy with business. And by the way, um, we gave into our, our fleshly desires and people were treated shamefully. Um, you know, we, we cared more about, you know, feeding our, our own fleshly desires 
Some says, hey, I, I got some other things to do. I got to tend to this. Uh, like, I can't be bothered right now. And, and we get so preoccupied and so busy and realizing it's like, again, red light, green light is going to play into this in a moment. But, but we get so preoccupied with the world here and now, and then we wonder why we're depleted and why we don't ha- haven't entered this place of rest. Interestingly enough, the king was angry and he sent out his troops to destroy those murderers and burn their cities. So there, there's a sense of remember Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's a good I- illustration of what takes place for people who just disregard these, these places of, of this calling into rest. So he says, therefore, go out to the main roads. And so basically saying, like, I just want everybody to be invited. Now, there, there's, there comes a person who's in the wedding banquet hall in this place. And, and all of a sudden, in this illustration, it's probably Jesus. Jesus catches the eye, the king, King Jesus, catches the eye of this person. Like, what, where is your wedding garment? And remember, the wedding garment is the very thing that, that Jesus' blood, his, his work on the cross, when we accept what Jesus has done on the cross, he died for our sins, and, and he allowed us to be free from our guilt and shame. He conquered death by um, not only going to the cross, but three days raising from the grave. But, but here he's seeing somebody not having a wedding garment on. In other words, hey, they came in. It's almost like they snuck in the back door. <laughs> like, I wanted to come to the feast, but I, I want the party, but I don't want Jesus. I want the party, but I don't want, you know, to celebrate who the party's for. In many ways, that, that can happen to us. It's like, I want the good things. I want the promises of God, right? But I don't, I'm okay with not Jesus, I don't need a relationship with Jesus. I just want the promises of God. And that's really what that guy was doing. I want the feast. But what happens to him? He's bound and he's then cast out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that is the life without Jesus. Church, I know you're here and you're like, okay, I I get that. We're here. But but we have to realize that it's not only okay for us to have received that, but all of our family and friends who don't know Jesus, they're they're living hell today. They are living in hell today. And and that's where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. When you think about those people who are living selfishly or they're fighting over money or their their pride or their um, their arrogance or their self-sufficiency, what is happening is, is things are being stolen from them and they no longer can live in this abundance, this banquet that Jesus is calling us to and this, this place of rest that he's wanting us to live in, this place of rest. Red light, green light. You're saying, well, how do I do this? How do I, because everyone wants the practical example, okay? It's like, okay, I want to enter the rest, the rest, but how do I do this? And you do it by playing red light, green light. Not physically playing red, red light, green light, but it's training your ears to the person who's calling you, which is the Holy Spirit. The person who crosses the finish line is the one who actually is not the fastest, but the one who has its ears attentive to understand when it says stop or go. Stop or go. 
And today that's what we have to do. Yes, go through your Bible for sure. Understand how God set up his his kingdom order. Yes, find out how to be obedient. Uh, Find out the places of disobedience. But guess what? You are more apt to follow through and more apt to be in alignment to the, the places that you need to that bring you rest, to bring you peace, to bring you joy is when you train your ears to the Holy Spirit who's calling red light, green light, figuratively speaking, who's saying, hey, I see this thing in your life. You've been holding on to that a long time. There's a lot of bitterness that you're holding on to. Why are you still holding on to that bitterness? I want to set you free from that because I have a banquet. I have a place of rest for you, but you are in torment because you're holding on to that bitterness. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth there. Some would say, is there really weeping and gnashing of teeth if the person's a believer? Okay, we're not going to go into those, those semantics. But, but the place of entering rest is so true. I believe as a follower of Jesus, there's so much more to be lived than just saying, I accept Jesus in my life. I accept him as my Lord and Savior. It's learning to train our ears to that still small voice that's saying, hey, psst. I got better things for you. I'm inviting you to a banquet. I've got a place of rest for you. But by the way, you need to lay this down. You need to lay your pride down. You need to lay down your, your, your own selfishness. You know you've been chasing after those fleshly things. You know those things that you felt were trying to fulfill you, those addictions in your life that, that have, you've gone to because you just try to find peace in those areas. And honestly, addiction, that's where, that's where it stems from, right? You're, you're trying to fill a void in your life. And it feels temporarily good, but then it's a trap because then, then it entraps you and it begins to destroy your life. So I'll tell you what it also, the, the Spirit of God will sound a lot like. So just as we were in 1 Corinthians and, and these were the things of saying, okay, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God if you keep living this way, right? That whole list of, of things, thieves, greedies, drunkards, rivalers, swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. And again, the inheriting the kingdom of God is a place of peace and rest. He says you won't inherit that, but, but he goes, how you will enter in is by the very nature of who God is. God is love. God is love. So when you say, you know, it's, I felt, I saw an image in my mind, and I meant to grab it, but of a suitcase. If I had a suitcase right here, and I have a bunch of things in it, I I would begin to start saying, okay, red light, what do I need to take out of this? What do I need to unpack out of my life? That I've been carrying a lot of this baggage in my life for a long time, and I'm, it's heavy, and, and I've been carrying it in this suitcase, and I've been dragging this suitcase along, and he says, Red Light, get rid of that. Get, pull that out of your life. Now, sometimes it's not easy, and sometimes, you know, that's why we need to be in community. That's why we need in, to be in each other's lives. That's why life group is so important, where we can begin to, to unpack some of this stuff together. And I kind of saw this image of like taking out this stinky old dirty clothes in my suitcase. I've been hanging out for a long time. By the way, I don't have dirty clothes in a suitcase. It's sitting in my closet. But, but the image in my mind came about all these like, and like, get rid of that. Get rid of that stinky thing. Get rid of that. And it's like, see, does that not feel a whole lot lighter for you? 
Does that not feel like you can have, breathe in and feel a place of peace? But what he's saying is then, it says, so, so instead of packing a bunch of stuff in a dirty old suitcase you've been lugging around, why don't you put on some garments? Now, the first garment we put on is the garment of righteousness, which is, which is through Jesus Christ. When we come to Jesus, he, he gives us a white robe. But then he's saying, he, I, go ahead and put on some other things. And, and he wants you to put on these things from, from 1 Corinthians 13. And he talks about how we are to love. If we're trying to say, what does is, what is God's voice sound like? It sounds like love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, does not boast, is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And you're saying, well, so where is that in 1 Corinthians 13? Because I want to go back and I want to write those out on a note card and I want to post it on my mirror. Great idea. I know that's what you're asking, right? So 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. And it says, love never ends. Love never ends. See, it says, love never ends. As, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, when Jesus comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. And this is what he's asking of us, church. We got to unpack some childish ways. We've got to unpack some things that we've been carrying around in our suitcase that it's okay to forgive. It's okay to not be right all the time. It's okay to surrender. It's okay to, to let go of bitterness. It's okay to say, you know what? My relationships are more important than me being right. When I became a man or a woman, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but when we see face to face, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall see fully, even as I have been known, fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. See, faith is like the door that opens up to us. Hope is like the kingdom that we live into, that we learn to live in the kingdom of God that is very hopeful, is a place of peace and rest. But love, love is the very essence of what, how we function in the kingdom. A few things in closing I, I would like us to, to do. Hebrews chapter 12. There's a lot in Hebrews. If, if you're look, looking for a self-study, read the book of Hebrews this week. Hebrews cha chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, I'm not too sure who these witnesses are. Are they angels? Are those who've gone before us? Um, who knows who these witnesses are? But there's a cloud of witnesses. 
Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Unpack the suitcase and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the right hand of the throne of God. Is there something in your life that you need to throw off? Is there something that you want that you need to pursue a relationship out of love? Is there a place of rest that you need to walk into? And I would say the place of rest often comes after you throw off the thing that so has been entangling in your life. Maybe it's something that you've kept a secret. Maybe it's something that you've hidden that you, you just don't want anybody to know. And maybe Jesus is saying, you're listening to the red light, green light, the Holy Spirit who is calling things out for you. And I would say, I would encourage you that that's the place you start. Listen to that voice. Listen to that, that, that nodding and that prodding from the inside. The red light, green light. Do this, don't do this. Go here, don't go there. That, that still small voice that encourages you because that's where he's going to lead you into that place of rest. So church, I could give you a whole long list of things that you should be pursuing and what you should be doing, but I, I guarantee you that the best place you can turn is to the Holy Spirit. So would you rise to your feet? I just want to encourage you that we're going to pray that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as he's leading us into this place of rest that he's desiring for us, this place of peace and abundance that God has preparing, the kingdom of God. So Lord Jesus, I just pray that you give us spiritual ears to hear. That you give us spiritual eyes to see. That you have a kingdom, a place of rest for us that we've been carrying this, this luggage too long, that we've been carrying this weight too long, that we have carried that habit too long. And it's robbing from us the, this, this place of rest that you're wanting. And, and in many ways, it feels like there's weeping and gnashing of teeth in our own spirit and our soul because we have, we have not entered the place of rest where your Holy Spirit is drawing us. Let us hear your voice. Let us put on the righteousness of Christ. Let us receive what it is that Jesus has done for us. But then let us walk into this kingdom, this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God that is here and now, that we would walk into a place of rest, listening to your voice. Green light, go do this. Red light, get rid of that. Help us to walk in that freedom and that fullness. But Lord Jesus, help us to be people of love and unity and peace. Help us to be steadfast. Let us pursue relationships and unity. Let us find peace in our relationships. 
Lord Jesus, I pray that we would respond to your spirit, not be so preoccupied and busy in this world that we can barely just catch our breath, knowing that you are the author of life. You are the one that gives us life. You are the one that allows us to walk in a place of peace and rest. Let us find time to be with you, Lord Jesus. You are our rock. You are our salvation. You are our peace. You are our rest. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time.